Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in here. One o'clock hour on a Friday. All right. Let us tell you the story again for those who are just joining us. And then we will get to your calls. In fact, we have a cancer survivor who texted in who also gave us a call. We'll get to your calls here in a sec. So got this out of yourtango.com. This went up on Reddit. It has since been removed. You have two teenage girls. You have one girl who is a cancer survivor and wears a wig because she has lost all of her hair. You have the other girl who is the daughter of the guy that writes in. They're both 15, 16. These two have an argument at school and apparently bad blood. Apparently they've been at this for a while about the one girl's boyfriend, the non-cancer survivor boyfriend. They fight, it gets, it, it escalates to the point that the one girl pulls the wig off the girl who had survived cancer. She's not sorry. She has no remorse over this. So dad got creative in the punishment. Yes. Yeah, she was giving him a, well, she started it kind of thing. And dad stepped in and said, well, I'm going to finish it and gave her a choice, said, all right, one of two things is going to happen here. Either I toss all of your electronics, your phone, your computer, everything, and I'm never buying you anymore. You're not getting any more until you're 18 and out of the house. Or you're going to the hairdresser and you're going to shave her head as bald, your head as bald as hers is. So you can feel what this feels like. She chose shaving the head and he has now taken heat for it like crazy, including from his own wife. 913-586-7798. How are we feeling about this? To it we go and we head back to it. Amy in Grand Valley is going to kick us off on this hour. Hey, Amy. Hey, guys. How are you today? Doing fantastic. Thank you for calling. Good, good. Hey, um, so first, I am currently battling stage four metastatic breast cancer myself. Um, I'm currently not bald, but I have been bald in the past. Mm-hmm. So um, I now I haven't had to deal with it, obviously, as a teenager. Um, but I also have two teenage daughters who have hair down to their waist and absolutely love their hair and take, are, take a lot of pride and and care with their hair, and so their hair is very important to them. Um, The reason this bothers me is because I don't believe in shame parenting because I believe that that creates people who grow up to be adults who create shame in others. And that is just never a healthy way to treat other people is to shame them. And I think there would be a myriad of ways that this could have been handled better 
to teach this girl, obviously, the empathy that she lacks. I know empathy, the, the word has come up, so I think that's, that's kind of key in all of this is that she lacks empathy. My question would be, why does she lack empathy? What's already happening in the home that she is a teenager that lacks empathy? So I think the parents have some reflecting on their own to do, quite frankly. Uh, okay. Um, but um, I just don't think shame parenting ever accomplishes anything good. That's, that's a, it's an interesting I've way to look at it. Oh, go ahead. Go I've ahead. I was just going to say I've encountered adults in the workforce who who believe in shaming, you know, people that work for them. Um, we've experienced being in the grocery store and hearing the customer get angry and shame the person behind the counter, you know, um, and 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 these are these were once children who were shamed by their own parents in one way or another. And so we need to think about that. We are not just teaching our children lessons in life. We are raising them to be people in this world. And you cannot treat your children with disrespect and and shame them and um, make them feel inferior and embarrassed and ashamed and expect something good to come out of that. And I am not all fluff and la la la. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I get it. <laughs> I get I, it. I believe in dis I believe in discipline and I absolutely believe there are consequences for behavior. Um, I think quite frankly, his idea of taking electronics away, I don't know if forever was, you know, would be appropriate, but I would have. I certainly would. If if it were my child, my first reaction would have been, you know, you seem to have a lot of influences in life, and you are not able to at this point in your life um, identify what is good and what is inappropriate. And so, I don't think that social media influences are healthy on you. We're going to start there, and we're going to dial this back, and we're going to make sure that the influences that are coming into your life are healthy ones and positive ones and teaching you messages that we as your parents want you to have. So because of that, we will be limiting or taking away whatever your social media. We're going to start there. We're going to start with what kind of friends, you, who, which friends you're hanging out with, where you're spending your time. Um, you know, dial it back, bring it back into the home. Let me ask and, you this. Let, and do some rebuilding. And, and I think you make some wonderful points, but, but let me ask you this. Do you think, even though you may disagree with the method, do you, mm -hmm. think there, do you think there's a chance that what dad had in mind wasn't so much shaming her as it was teaching her, you need to understand why what you did was wrong. So I'm going to make you walk a mile in her shoes. No, no, you I don't. don't so. because, okay. because what she did was she embarrassed that girl, right? Yeah. She humiliated that girl. Doing the same thing to her isn't teaching her to not do it again. All it's going to do is make her angry at her dad. It's going to make her angry at the girl, frankly. She's going to she's going to push that blame and she's going to believe that that's the way you deal with problems in life. And the reality is we don't live in an eye for an eye society. That's not the healthy way to do it. Helping her understand why this girl was embarrassed 
why it pained her, um, understanding what the disease does to a young girl, not just about her hair. The hair, right. And I can tell you this as someone who's battling with cancer. Mm -hmm. The, the body image issues that happen with cancer go so far above and beyond hair. There are so many things that this disease does to your body yeah. that we as, as, as cancer fighters and survivors deal with that people may not even really see that still make us feel terrible about ourselves. And so um, I really would have preferred that to, to hear that he he wanted her to learn and really understand it. You know, and I think the people that talked about maybe having her do volunteerism and in a cancer ward or working with children who had cancer, I think those are all great things because what she needs to do is learn empathy. Right. And yep. you just don't learn empathy from, well, you embarrassed her about her hair, so I'm shaving all yours off. I, I just don't really think it works that way. Okay. Amy, thank you very much for the call. I don't think we're going to see eye to eye on this one, but I think you made some great points, and thank you for calling in. Thanks for letting me have a voice. You got it. Take care. But I'll be honest, um, the teacher in me totally gets where she's coming from. Um, In fact, I'm I'm bouncing this one around in my head a little bit about um, you always want whenever you're whenever you're choosing discipline, you want to correct you want to correct the behavior. And if the behavior was bullying, if that was the problem, does this make this kid now less of a bully? And I don't think so. Will she ever pull a kid's wig off again? No. (laughs) Does it make her less of a bully? No. Yeah, I, um, and the reason why I said what I said about you know the, the dad's motivation, and he's the only one that's going to know for sure, is that my sister and I had this conversation just a couple of days ago about the difference between our parents and that our dad was very, very careful about exactly that, about sitting us down when he saw behavior that he didn't like out of us, sitting us down and explaining exactly why. Why he didn't like it, why we shouldn't do it, and why... Uh, in, in many cases, it involved put yourself in their shoes. If somebody did what you just did to him, to you, what would you feel? And and so I, even though she didn't buy it, I think there may have been some of that in this dad going, okay, if, if you need to understand this by going through exactly what you're not with the cancer, but just with not having hair, um, then that's why I don't necessarily think that, that he was being a bully. I don't think he put himself in that category. But what I think is going to happen is she's going to go to school and she's going to any anyone who teases her about her head being shaved. She's going to go off on her dad. She's not going to explain to them what she did. She's not going to explain her role in this. She's going to she's just going to say, my dad's the worst person in the world and he made me do this. And she's not going to tell them why. So I don't think she's going to go through the same kind of embarrassment that the girl with cancer did. Yeah. The other thing I I would love for us to talk about um, on a grander scale is how you instill empathy and teach empathy to teenagers. Especially if they're not there already. Yes. Yeah. How do you teach that to a 16-year-old who clearly doesn't have it? Let's go back to it, and maybe Jeff and Lawrence has an idea or two for us. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? Couldn't be better. I'm uh, 180 degrees from the last caller. Okay. And I would ask you to take it a step farther. I would have had the, the salon shave my daughter's hair off, and she has nice long hair. And then I would have found somebody that made a wig, have them make a wig out of her hair, and then make my daughter walk up to their house and give that girl her hair. 
and say, you know, make her apologize. Oh, so now, then my daughter goes to school. She sees her hair on another girl. That's that has definitely got some style to it, Jeff. Yeah. All right. My wife said my wife says I take things to extreme, but you know, I think that work. <laughs> well, maybe sometimes we do. Uh, all right. Appreciate the call, Jeff. Um, yeah. The the other thing I think we we can explore a little bit in this is the idea of shame and shaming somebody. You know, sometimes we do things we ought to be ashamed of. I'm not necessarily against that. But does shaming the per, um what is that an eye for an eye? I mean, my mom always says two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Does shaming the shamer teach them not to shame? I don't I think again it it depends on how you do it. I mean, if all yeah. you're doing is sitting there berating somebody, no, they're not going to get anything out of that except I hate you and you're a jerk. <laughs> so, I I think it depends on how it's done, but I think too often uh I mean, I see people walking around who have no sense of shame at all. So, I mean, maybe they should have been taught that at some point. I want to get one more call on before we take a break. I know Definitely. we have others, but Margie's been hanging on the line here for a while. She has. Hi Margie, it's all yours. Hey, Jamie. Hey, John. By the way, John, this is uh, El Camino Girl. Oh, very good. Okay, what's what's going on? (laughs) So I've been sitting here listening, and uh, pulling that wig off, I think, was a very karate kid, sweep the leg moment of passion for her. Um, I think it's wrong. I think it was a low blow. But at the same time, I think... Uh, your parents are probably the only people who can shame you, in my my view. You know, it's not up to the lady on the street to shame me for having a bald head. Yep. It's, you know, or calling somebody out and being rude. That's just my opinion. But, you know, you're saying that uh, on the other side that no one at the school is going to know why her head's shaved. Everybody's going to know why that girl's head got shaved. Everybody saw the fight. Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows that she pulled her wig off, and that's just, in my in my opinion, that's just completely wrong. I think uh, the cancer patient herself, you know, that's a moment that's going to stick with her. She was completely humiliated, and I think that the girl that did it, that pulled her wig off, needs that daily reminder for a while of, yeah, I was a complete jerk, and... Hopefully she turns it around and hopefully she just doesn't turn into a mean girl. But if she does, then, you know, everybody knows she's got that streak, but (laughs) they they know now. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And and I'm kind of impressed that the, uh, you know, chemo patient was able to actually fight, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, it's you're, you're exhausted. You're tired. You're nauseated. You're sick. And man, she was able to to come up, and that was the <laughs> last move. Like, okay, bring it, you know. Um, it's I think taking away the electronics, yeah, it can be a punishment, but I think it's lame. I think she needed to be, you know, forced to volunteer somewhere. In addition, that's yeah, that's come up a lot, and I think that probably would have been the best solution of all. Margie, well and, said. Oh, thanks, go, Margie. One yeah. more thing. Yep. One more thing. Real quick. Uh, Jeff and that wig, that would have been a thousand dollars. Love it, Margie. Thanks. Thanks yeah. very much. All right, we have to get to a break. Uh, we'll do one more segment on this. We'll get to the calls next year on KMBZ. All right, real quick. Two teenage girls arguing at school. Somebody thought they were physically fighting. No, they're arguing. One girl is a cancer survivor. The other is not. It escalates. The girl who is not the cancer survivor pulls off the wig of the one who is. 
isn't sorry, has no remorse. Dad gives her two choices. Either I'm going to take away all of your electronics forever and not replace them, or we're going to shave your head. He went with shave your head. She went with shave your head. Yep. So as some people are saying, Dad went too far to you and to Sue in Kansas City up next. Hi, Sue. Hi. Okay, here's my opinion. I think the father went um, a little bit too far in saying a lifetime of no electronics. I mean, basically a kid, you know, even four years is a lifetime. Uh, that's not giving her any choice. I think he should have done one or two years of lifetime without electronics or shave your hair. And what I think, I don't think that's shaming. I think hopefully what I would, to me, someone that can pull a head a wig off has a very little empathy. I would think that if she had to go around with a bald head for a year, she would gain some empathy and understanding of what it felt like to be in that situation. I mean, not as bad as cancer, but at least to go without hair and to be exposed like that. So um, I think he did a good job. I think he gave her too much of a choice, but because I think even one one year to a kid's an eternity without electronics. Yeah, yeah. Well, I that's shaving the hair was. Well, I hope it gives her empathy. That's that's my comment. Yeah, that's that's always the hope, but that goes back to your question, Jamie. Is is that going to do it? And thanks, Sue, for getting in. I'm curious to know what her hair looked like. Like, was it this big, beautiful Before, blonde yeah. mane of you know? Because I was trying to asking myself, how long is it going to take for it to grow back? And it can, t I'm just thinking of my mom, it can take a while um, for that. I mean, especially if it was long and beautiful, it's going to be a while before it gets there. It definitely. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's a good point because they didn't, they, we don't have a before picture. We just have the <laughs> picture of her in the chair getting her head shaved. Uh, with that, we go to Harrisonville where Tracy is listening in. Hi, Tracy. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Couldn't be better. Great. What's going on with you? Well, I have my own comment about what's going on. And I think that dad didn't do enough. I think he should have took her electronics, shaved her head, and made her go with that girl to Cancer Society and see the crap that that poor child goes through. Because I was made fun of when I was younger because I'm a big woman. Yeah. And I was heavy set in high school. And it tossed me, it, it, it cost me a lot. But I've never since that ever made fun of anybody and kids like that parents ain't hard enough on their kids nowadays these kids nowadays just run amok and these parents need to pull their you know what at their backside and <laughs> make you call nervous <laughs> <laughs> all right uh tracy thank you you are not Ah, Mike doesn't work. You are definitely not alone in that opinion, uh, and we appreciate you getting in. Yeah, I, we hear that a lot, but then again, our parents heard the same thing. Oh, these parents today, they're they are just too soft on these kids. They don't send them off to the factories when they're eight years old. I mean, there's got to be a balance there, but uh, I, yeah, I think that uh, sometimes, uh, well, they, there are kids who definitely show off that they've been given very few boundaries. All right, let's wrap this up here. T uh, Tiffany's up Tiffany. next. Hi, Tiffany. Um, well, my focus on this is actually I like the fact that he gave his daughter a choice because it's not like she's 12 years old where never buying her electronics means five or six years. It's a year and a half. Yeah, she was already 16. She's old enough to go get a job to pay for her own stuff if she really wants it. 
But by giving her an option, it gave her the chance to really think, oh, what would I rather do, go without electronics and social media or go through what this girl went through and not have hair? And the fact that she chose not to have hair kind of shows that she doesn't really understand the depths of the emotional distress she put on this girl. So I think by him giving her the option, because if she would have started freaking out and crying, he could have been, well, why do you feel that way? How do you think she feels? You know, it would have given him an opportunity. But by her choosing that and showing no remorse, to me, it just drove home the fact that he was doing the right thing. Yep. Yeah, it starts that conversation to be sure. All right, uh, Tiffany, thanks. All right, thanks to everybody for getting in. This was spirited, uh, but thanks for getting in here. All right, coming up, uh, surgeons are calling this transplant for the first time a success. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dana Parks coming up at 2 o'clock. A couple of health-related stories to get to here. Uh, Surgeons in New York are saying this is a success. For the first time, they have done a whole eye transplant in a human. Uh, It's been six months since the surgery was performed. It was a uh, partial face transplant. uh, And it was done on a guy named Aaron James, who is a military veteran from Arkansas, who survived a work-related high-voltage electrical incident that destroyed the left side of his face. Yeah, he walked into a live wire, and he got a huge jolt to his face that effectively melted part of his face, including the eyeball. So they had to do this thing. I mean, the way they did it is absolutely incredible. I was reading through some of what what the challenges were because his brain was not affected. And that's what they were trying to avoid is having, during the surgery, having to get too close to the brain. The trouble is that that's where your eye gets its blood supply. Mm-hmm. is through the brain so they had to disconnect that effectively and then reconnect it to an artery in his neck so that his eyeball doesn't now get its blood supply from the same place that yours and mine do um they did all of this and so he's able to have a living eyeball in his head 
He's able to move it. I mean, the, you know, the, the same four muscles that move your eyeball and mine are there, and, and they will move his eye in connection with the other one the same way that you would normally do that. But there's one big piece of this that is as yet an unknown, and it's what I think you were referring to when they said, can you really call this a success? He can't see out of it. Not yet, and may never be able to. It's been six months. Um they said it has shown important signs of health, including well-functioning blood vessels, like you said, and a promising-looking retina. And they call that a success. Mm-hmm. I hate to be the, I hate to be the <laughs> Debbie Downer here. Yeah. But what good does it do him if he can't see out of it? He addressed that a little bit, and he said, "I mean, after a horrifying accident like that, you've got a lot of problems to deal with." Yeah. And and he said. You know, I can now walk by the mirror and look at least a little bit more like me, Um, even though he can only see out of his right eye and not the left one, at least again, not yet, um, that it looks right. And I mean, even to the point where I mean, there are plenty of people who have lost an eye and had it replaced with a glass eye or whatever, that it's a little different, I guess, when you have um when you have an eye of your own a living thing inside your head that can at least act and look to the to the rest of humanity like you have both your eyes yeah they basically said the transplanted eye is not communicating with the brain through the optic nerve yeah they're looking at ways to do it um surgeons harvested adult stem cells from the donor's bone marrow and injected them into the optic nerve during the transplant, hoping that would replace the damaged cells. It hasn't worked yet, it's still good. They're saying, we just wanted to see if we could do it. Doctors are saying, we just technically wanted to see if we could do it. Yeah, it it was sort of a proof of concept so that when we do get good enough, to rehook up an octave, uh, optic, octave, listen to me, back to music. Uh, (laughs) When we rehook up an optic nerve, when we're able to get that down pat, then we'll already have this part of it done. We'll already know how to do the transplant. Now it's just a matter of getting those things to communicate through that optic nerve. Um, That's going to be a tremendous challenge. But the other thing that I wonder, I saw an article, boy, about 10 years ago, about a guy that they had done, not a retinal transplant, but they had tried to do a retinal repair electronically. They put a computer chip back there and had that communicate down the optic nerve. And I wonder if you could do something similar with this now he was able to quote unquote see in a very rudimentary way i mean you would have to put like you know those flashcards with letters on them Mm -hmm. right up to his eye and he could tell you what the letter is but back off and he's got nothing but blur but even that i mean before he couldn't see at all so he was more than happy with it i I wonder if that kind of almost bionics is the way things like this are going to go it's funny i was just thinking you know that's one of the things that you agree to is when you are an organ donor eyes are one of the things you can donate up until now the only thing they've been able to do is cornea transplants yep. which is amazing to me too because it's right in the right in the middle it's just amazing that that's the only part that you would replace but now they can do the whole thing and and yes um the donor here is incredibly positive about it. he's no worse off than he was before and so at least now he can go around without an eye patch it looks yes the same yeah and and I, I saw some of the pictures uh it's not in this article but uh as a matter of fact th- on tv whatever tv channels on it here uh they were doing an expose on this as well and they actually showed some of the video from him being you know having the initial testing done the damage that was done to his face 
I mean, like you said, it wasn't just the eye. It was a partial face transplant. He had about a quarter of his face replaced with this donor bone and skin and all of the rest of the tissue that's involved in that. And they said in order to do this transplant the way that they did it, they had to keep the blood flow going to the donor face so that the eye could stay alive. Because, again, they didn't want to cut into the blood vessels that are connected to the brain. I don't... I did not know that part. Now yeah. I have so many questions about this donor, about whether did the donor donate? Um, it was not a living donor. It was okay to answer that part of the question. The person who donated the eye and, and the part of the face was either dead or close enough to it to, yeah, not really be involved. So you kept that person alive for the purpose of keeping keeping the blood supply to the donor eye for organ donation yeah and then they had okay. to keep it they had to keep that even after they removed that part of the face they still had to keep a constant blood flow going to it and they were able to figure it out i mean <laughs> you, you talk about medical marvels every time i read a story like this and think about the thousand moving parts that are involved in that mm-hmm. and the fact that they were able to do this at all i know these are the baby steps that get us to amazing leaps forward but yeah, this is another one you can throw in the books. And and when 20 years from now, they have the first successful one where the guy can see out of the eye, we'll know this is what did it. Texter says the problem is that you're taking anti-rejection drugs for the rest of your life. And that could leave you open to other disease. Absolutely. I mean, I guess the worst thing is you can take it out. Yep. I mean, if you rejected it, you take but, it out. But with everything else they had to replace anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, because he he did. He destroyed a tremendous part of his face and with everything else that they had to do there. I mean, you look at him now and uh, I mean, even when he had the eye patch in, it's not like I mean, I don't know what he looked like before this. But in the pictures that we've got of him just standing there next to I, I'm assuming that's a family member or the doctor. Um Yeah, that's not somebody that you would look at and say, oh, yeah, easily a quarter of his face was destroyed. Does it? Do you have a picture that I have a version of this that has a picture that looks like his left arm is now a prosthetic? I, yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah, it's sticking out from below his sleeve, and you're shirt. right. That does. Yeah. yeah, he may have lost his arm in it as well. I mean, w- the jolt that they described him getting when he walked into that live wire for it to do that much damage just to his voice, his face. It, they said 7,200 volts, which really doesn't tell you anything, but that's not nothing. Yeah, so it's been six months. Who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about this guy again. Yeah. He he eventually can see with it. Okay, good news for those of you who suffer from peanut allergies. I do not know how you exist in the world (laughs) because everything has peanuts in it. Uh Uh-huh. And everyone with a peanut allergy, it seems like it is a severe reaction to anything remotely close to peanuts. Here's a sentence for you out of New Scientist. A toothpaste infused with peanut proteins could help prevent serious reactions in people with a peanut allergy. They said, put the put the thing that you're allergic to in this toothpaste and it will prevent you from having a reaction to that allergy. Amazing. I don't get science. Again, just absolutely amazing. And, and uh, yeah, I wonder... I mean, they, they talk a little bit about the the immune system and how these kinds of allergic reactions happen. But, uh, yeah, you figure that, um, I mean, any given protein is going to, or any given peanut, rather, is going to have a thousand different proteins in it. Does teaching your body one of the other ones is okay 
take the one that really causes the reaction in you and lower that. They said it in theory. The hope here is that it would train your immune system to tolerate it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Amazing. It's amazing that they can do it in a toothpaste. <laughs> yeah. Because it is something you would use every day. Don't eat it. You know, don't yeah. don't swallow that. But yeah, just having enough of that because I mean, there's going to be some of that left over. Maybe that's what they're doing is just kind of microdosing as much as they possibly can and giving you the, the smallest conceivable amount so that you can get slowly used to it. It was a pea size amount. Yeah. And some were given in the study, some were given the peanut toothpaste and some were given the placebo to use as their usual toothpaste in the evening. And it for adults, at least we don't know about this with kids yet, but for adults, it totally worked wild. So unbelievable. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Uh, we will wrap the hour and the show coming up next on KMBZ. Is this the new Chris Stapleton album, Colin? Yeah. This just came out yesterday, about 11 o'clock. Uh, okay. Jerusalem Post got into some trouble. <laughs> of all newspapers that would have done this, uh huh. you wouldn't think it would be this one. No, but they did. And I guess, uh, I mean, it, it just puts us back in that, uh, in that same scenario of thinking, okay, does this newspaper have an editor at all? Or maybe somebody, you know, keeping track of what's going on? Because what they did is an article, I, I mean, you, you've got to understand that everything there now has to do with the war. Um, I mean, Israel and Hamas have been going at each other now for, uh, what has it been, a month, month and a half, something like that. So everything has got to be surrounding the war. However, there are limits to things you might want to do. And according to the New York Post, an Israeli newspaper sparked outrage after publishing an article that advised readers on how they could use the stress from the Israel-Hamas war to lose weight. Okay. <laughs> the subheading of the story uh, said, yeah. the ongoing state of stress and anxiety in Israel has led to weight gain for many. But understanding how stress works can actually aid in shedding pounds while maintaining overall health. If I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt on this, which I'm going to for a second, uh -huh. you are, um, you have this demand where all of your content has to be connected to the war somehow. Yes. And you're running out of ideas. Mm -hmm. I, because I, I took exactly the same thing from it. Yeah, go ahead. The headline is horrible. Come up with a better headline. But this subheading, I get it. I get it. Like, we're all under a lot of stress. Understanding how, what they should have done was stop at understanding how stress works. Under, like, cut out the losing weight part. Yes. And just educate people on how stress works. If, if, yeah. And, I mean, think back to the all of the jokes that we made in early, well, actually, probably mid-2020 all the way through mm -hmm. early 2021 about the COVID-15, right? I right. mean, we were talking about everybody. Everybody was inside. Everybody was stressed. Everybody was eating cookies to try to feel better. I, I think, though, that, and, and we did see those articles at the time, there's a difference between that even though, I mean, we're still talking about people who were dying. But when you're talking about people who are dying in a war, that that's a different thing. I mean, when you're talking about stress levels are up all over the place because there's a war going on, taking that into how do we fit that onto the health page? The answer is you don't. The justification here, 
from the Jerusalem Post's editor-in-chief. Uh-huh. The article in question was produced by our Hebrew language sister publication, Walla News, and was uploaded to our website using an automated translation mechanism. In other words, it wasn't my fault. Wasn't us. <laughs> they said it did not meet our editorial standards and was removed once our staff was made aware of it. Yeah. I hope they're not blaming the translation. Like, hey, just some words got lost in translation here. Well, yeah, somebody's got to answer for it. And, and I mean, if if they're saying, look, we normally have a mechanism that automatically reprints anything that Walla News sends us. First mm -hmm. of all, review that policy. And and second of all, uh, how about we then turn our attention to the folks over at Walla News and ask them, what on earth were you thinking? So here's the other thing about it. It was written by an Israeli doctor who runs a medical weight loss clinic. Oh, imagine AKA, that. AKA, this was sort of a commercial. I mean, uh -huh. this was sort of an ad for his weight loss clinic. This, of course he's going to write something like this. Right. This is what we always talk about, how, about how when, uh, when a company puts out a press release, it's often just reprinted word for word as news in places like USA Today and all, the, you know, all these other publications, the New York Post who just say, oh, here's an easy one. Just reprint this and put our, you know, put a nice splashy headline on it. In this case, it turned around to bite him. Now, to their credit, when people freaked out about this and said, are you kidding? We've got sons and daughters who are dying here in a war, and you're talking about how we can spin this around to lose weight? They took it down off the site immediately. And are issuing many, many apologies for yeah. it. Yeah. Understandably. So... Uh, that's out of Jerusalem, then. Um, let's talk with this guy in the electric shopping cart <laughs> to my, lighten things up here a bit to wrap the show. Yeah, my favorite low-speed chase story that we've had in a while. Uh, not only because it's a guy in a shopping cart, in a, one of the mobile shopping carts that uh, ended up causing this police chase. This is out of Mobile, Alabama, uh, where the police were called to the Piggly Wiggly. Don't you know? Uh, Wednesday, after they say a man drove off in one of the store's electric shopping carts, they advised that the man had driven away on a, in the cart and provided a description. How much of a description do you need? He's the only guy in Mobile who's driving around in an electric shopping cart. They did tell us that that particular brand of shopping cart has a top speed of two and a half miles an hour. So I'm guessing it didn't take him long to catch this guy. If you get on a treadmill... <laughs> normal walking pace is three or four miles an hour three and a half that to little four button, miles an hour exactly and you can and, and you can know if you're really gonna you know push it you're at four and a half or five mm -hmm. so this isn't even normal walking pace for a person i do to catch up to him i do wonder how often somebody does this like what's what's the range on one of those shopping carts because <laughs> uh -huh. they're electric, right? So as soon as right. you unplug them to go around the store, you figure they've got to give you at least an hour, uh, you know, to go around the store and get your groceries all checked out and everything else. So how far could you get if if it's a one hour charge? That's the obvious one because that's you can get two and a half miles away. Mm -hmm. depending on terrain, <laughs> but, but still <laughs> in all. 66-year-old Herman J. McMillan, who was headed, uh, his heading, they say, uh, wasn't definitively known, but his home address is just over a mile from the Piggly Wiggly. So they're thinking that he was going to take the thing all the way home. What was the objective here? <laughs> I, was do the, I don't know. We also don't know how he got to the store. Like, did he drive there or did he walk? 
and now like was too tired to walk home. I was just, yeah, just too tired to walk home. He was charged with first degree theft. Now this, this may or may not shed some light on some of the whys <laughs> and wherefores, uh-huh. but, but he also has an outstanding warrant for possession of a controlled substance. I mean, <laughs> But they, but he wasn't, I don't think he was under the influence when they caught him. No. Because all he was charged with was theft. We don't have enough time for this, but if you've been under the influence driving the electric shopping cart, oh, yeah. that's a DUI, right? Yes, it is. Anything. There, there are people who've gotten DUIs on a horse. Yep. Good on you. Two and a half miles an hour. I mean, oh but gosh. you know, you get high enough and sometimes the Piggly Wiggly is just a little too bright. <laughs> you, you've got to get out of there as quick as you can. It's like, I can't handle it. All right. Then we still have stories of what happened on Halloween, including what this shocking intoxicated guy did. Oh, yeah. To scare trick-or-treaters. Check this out. So you're walking around with the kids. Halloween, you know, you're going out doing your trick-or-treating thing. And all of a sudden, you notice that somebody has joined your party. Somebody's walking along with you and your kids, dressed as Bigfoot, and hammered. They said this guy was completely intoxicated. This happened in Rhode Island, in Barrington, Rhode Island, where a report called came into the police station at 6.30. An intoxicated man wearing a Bigfoot costume joined in with a group of adults and children out trick-or-treating. They said, and they I wish they had gone into more detail about this because they said he was acting creepy. I don't I mean, mean a lot of things. How are you walking around drunk in a Bigfoot costume and not acting creepy? I think would be the better question. Uh, but they said they felt uncomfortable with him there. Yeah, I'll bet you did. So they said he was taken away. And here again is more failure in reporting and more detail we need on this story because the Rhode Island police officers, they said they got to the scene, talked to members of the group. Then they called the EMTs who came and took Bigfoot guy away to the hospital in an ambulance. So how drunk is the question I ask <laughs> yeah. now. Is that because he was drunk or was there something else going on with this guy? Did he somehow injured himself or did Bigfoot just, you know, take a header after the police got there and they ended up having him to haul, having to haul him off to the hospital? Yeah, I wish I, we knew more about what, because it said he joined in with a group of adults and children. Yeah, just sort of showed up and said, well, I, I'm, I guess I'm one of you now. I like candy. Let's go get some candy. <laughs> when like I saw this headline, candy. I thought maybe he was going up to the group and like yelling and holding his big paws up or whatever and trying to scare him. But no, he was just yeah. hanging out. Oh, that's what I thought too. Yeah, that he like jumped out of the bushes at him or whatever and was being a nuisance and scaring people. No, he was just being the creepy guy in the Bigfoot costume. <laughs> that's a good way to, that's a good place to leave it <laughs> why not all right that does it for us for the day we'll be back monday i uh, will turn this over to dana parks and have a good weekend t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus at&t and verizon when they switch visit your local t-mobile store today Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.